Welcome to the Improve This Podcast with Brent Finnamore. Powerful, practical tools developed through Brent's 25 years of experience working with hundreds of companies in dozens of industries across the globe. Many of the tools Brent shares in his podcast can be further explored in his books on service, sales, and leadership available on Amazon. To learn more about how Brent helps organizations improve, go to thefinnamoregroup.com. And now, here's Brent. Hi, welcome back to Leading and Managing Tools. Today we're talking about improving the productivity of meetings with something that I call the can-do meeting formula. Meetings can do what we all want them to. They can be focused. They can be productive. They can be rewarding. And they can be those things every time. Now, most of the help you hear about or read about on meetings tends to be about how to run them. The actual facilitation of the meeting. You know, make sure everyone has a chance to speak, respect each other's views, and so on. And that's good stuff, but what I'm going to show you is how to set up a meeting, how to design it, how to plan it, how to organize it, so that you're not trying to run a meeting that shouldn't have happened in the first place, or that has the wrong people in it, or that goes off track, or that wastes your time and others. You know, some people spend half their working days in meetings. Some spend even more. That's a lot of time. And I have never in 25 years worked with a client who said, meetings in our company are great. They're always productive. They're always good use of my time and people look forward to them. In my experience, people feel just the opposite. But despite this fact, of course, never doubt that meetings have their place in an organization. They provide social pressure and accountability to get things done. They provide an opportunity to connect, whether it's online or it's in person. And they allow for sharing of ideas, learning from each other, and, and the list goes on. Meetings are brain pools. People can put their heads together and come up with great ideas and make well-thought decisions that are far superior to one-on-one communication with each, each individual. So there's no question they're needed. The way this all got started for me was a number of years ago, I was leading a meeting for a nonprofit uh, fundraising organization and I was helping them out and um, I was walking to the elevator after a meeting and the director turns around and says, that was a great meeting. <laughs> And I said, yeah. And she said, oh, it's too bad all my meetings aren't that productive. And I said, well, mine are. And she stopped and she said, how do you do that? And I thought about it and I said, I don't know. <laughs> I guess what I've done is over the years just unconsciously taken everyone's great ideas for meetings and put them all together, different industries, different companies over the years. I said, let me think on it and get back to you. So I did and what I came back with was this can-do formula. And I've been teaching it to companies ever since. So I want you to imagine a group of people receiving a meeting invitation and the subject window says in the email, this is a can-do meeting. Now imagine that people immediately know this meeting is going to be conducted at the highest standard of efficiency and effectiveness. Everyone instantly knows the meeting will be important and impactful. Imagine a meeting culture in your organization where people actually look forward to them. So. First and foremost, for all their potential value, we choose to attend too many meetings and we get invited to too many meetings. Do you ever feel that way? Look, people attend meetings for all kinds of bad reasons. Ever attend the meeting because you were afraid of saying no? How about afraid of missing out? How about just wanting to know what gets said and how it might affect you? Ever attend a meeting because a rival was going? No wonder we hear complaints about people showing up late or checking their phones during meetings. Maybe they shouldn't even be there. Maybe they shouldn't have been invited in the first place. Maybe there's too much unfocused discussion. Ever been in a meeting that kept going off track? 
Maybe there was no track in the first place. There was no agenda to even stay on track with. Maybe your meetings start late. Maybe they always run overtime. Maybe they're not meetings at all. Maybe they're nothing but a series of PowerPoint presentations. So let's fix all that. What does CANDO stand for? It's C-A-N-D-O. The C stands for contributors. Meetings are for contributors only. You don't attend a meeting. You contribute to it. If you can't contribute to it, then you shouldn't be in the meeting. Now the job of the contributors is to make decisions. Can-do meetings are for decision-making. That's their purpose. And the list of decisions to be made is dictated by the agenda. And so that brings us to the A in can-do, which is agenda. There must always be an agenda. And it's an agenda of decisions, not an agenda of things to discuss, not an agenda of topics, an agenda of decisions. And here's your motto, no agenda, no attenda. Now, the exception, of course, is meetings with implied agendas like a daily production meeting, obviously. But generally speaking, they must have an agenda. The next thing is the N, and N stands for no, as in no presentations. No presentations of new slides or documents. This will surprise a lot of people because so many meetings are full of them. As soon as you show a new slide, it's no longer a meeting. It's a presentation. No new slide decks at a can-do. Instead, they were sent out days before and everyone is deemed to have reviewed them. Now we move to the D in can-do. D is for decisions. Meetings are for decisions, not discussions. Discussion is only necessary as a means to reach decisions. And this is the key, not for dis discussion's sake alone, right? And now the O, outcome. This is perhaps the most important one of all. The O is for outcome. There must always be a clear outcome or goal. And it must, that outcome or goal must be connected to a key process, one that's critical to the current strategy. And the agenda's decisions must clearly support the outcome goal of the meeting. All right. Well, great meetings don't happen by accident, as you can see. Great meetings happen by design. Now, here's a step-by-step -step guide to create and schedule a can-do meeting. There are 15 things, that's right, 15, that you've got to do. That they, and if they don't happen, then it's not a can-do meeting. Each of these 15 things is non-negotiable. You can't skip any one of them. Here we go. Before the meeting, seven things have to happen. Seven things. So almost half of all the tips happen before the meeting. This is why it's called planning or designing. Number one, set a specific outcome or goal for the meeting. Now, you're probably thinking, yeah, 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 I know. Meetings should have goals. I get it. But think about it for a minute. Have you ever received a meeting invitation that actually specified a clear, specific, outcome-oriented goal? Think about how rare that is. And then calculate the cost of a meeting of even just eight people with two managers for 90 minutes. The cost, including time alone, is around $1,500. Most people need authorization to spend that kind of money, even two, three levels of authorization. But we're all allowed to flush it down the toilet with a poorly planned meeting. A meeting is an investment, and investments need to have objectives, goals, outcomes, Great, okay, so the goal is to discuss, no. Discussion is a means to decisions, 
Neither of those is a goal. And also don't confuse the goal with the purpose. The purpose of all can-dos is to make decisions. The goal is something else. It's the end result you're striving for as a result of your decisions and the actions that flow from them. Let's use an example of a large retail chain. So a meeting invitation is sent out, it's done properly. So the goal of the meeting, it says, to change store-wide point-of-sale process to help improve close ratio. This goal contributes to our company-wide objective to achieve sales of $1.4 billion by 2022. Now, notice how specific and clear this goal is. And notice how it's connected to an even higher objective, one that everyone cares about. This is clarity. This is focus. This is starting to look like it's going to be a great meeting. The second thing of the seven that must happen before the meeting, you have to connect the outcome to a key process. In a previous podcast, I told you about the new path to productivity that's emerging today. You can no longer decide what's important based on your job description. Everything's changing so fast that tight descriptions of a person's roles and responsibilities, is, it just doesn't make sense anymore. Being productive today means focusing on a company's key processes and what you can do to either help run them or improve them. And the same applies to can-do meetings. To be important and worth people's time, the meeting has to achieve a specific goal that will have an impact on a process that's critical to your company's current strategy. So clarify that. That's step two. So back to our retail chain example. We specified the exact process that needs to be improved in the meeting. The goal is to improve the close ratio in all stores and the key process is the point of sale process. All right, so let's go on to number three. Number three is you create a draft agenda. So many people that plan meetings don't create a draft agenda. There's just, here's the agenda. And by the way, it's often at the last minute. The agenda has to include the goal. It has to include the connection to a key process. It has to include the schedule of decisions to be made. It has to include the start and end times. And of course, the contributors invited. Which brings us to number four. Decide on contributors required and what each person's being asked to contribute. You can be vague on this if you want to, but say something about the contribution so that people come prepared to help in the right way. And only invite contributors. I mean, what happens when people attend a meeting that they can't really contribute to? All the things you complain about, checking the phones, multitasking, showing up late, etc., etc. Number five, send out the meeting invitation with the draft agenda at least three days in advance. Now, of course, the heads up for scheduling purposes probably goes out two weeks in advance, but the details of the draft agenda, along with the related documents, needs to not be sent at the last minute. Invite feedback on the agenda and attach all the related documents for preview at this time. People need time to study this important agenda and to review the documents that are going to be essential to achieving the meeting's goal. How often do you receive documents for a meeting just hours before it starts? Do you ever have time to even study them and prepare? No wonder meetings end up being PowerPoint presentations. No one has had time to look at them. It's ridiculous. Number six, again, before the meeting, the seven things. Number six, 
Ensure each person understands what they're expected to contribute. Now that's different than number four. Number four was decide on what each person needs to contribute. Number six goes a step further. Make sure each person understands what they're expected to contribute. Now sometimes you need them to all contribute the same thing. Other times you'll be needing specific contributions from specific people. Whatever the case, make that clear. And here's my point. That means talking to each of them before the meeting in many cases in order to clarify. So there's no confusion. So back to our example. The invitation would say, Preparation. Please review current process attached and best practices attached. Please come with brief, simple ideas for improvement. And now number seven. Email the final agenda 24 hours in advance. Not two hours, not 18 hours, not 20 hours, 24. And by the way, when you do, no new documents. Oh, here's one more document you'll need. No. Okay, during the meeting, five things have to happen. These will be pretty familiar to you. Number one, all can do start on time to the minute. Latecomers, and this is key, latecomers have to find a way to get themselves caught up, even if they're VPs. When you start late, you punish those on time and reward those who are late. Shouldn't we be doing the exact opposite? Number two, follow the agenda and stick to the agenda. I know that seems obvious, but look, when your agenda is well-planned, this is actually possible. Number three, no presentations. No new documents or slides, period. It's understood by everyone that the documents were to be reviewed before the meeting. If someone didn't review them, they'll just have to figure it out. If you shift gears and start reviewing the documents, you'll be punishing, again, all the people who actually reviewed them. And then you'll send a clear message that you don't really have to review documents ahead of time. Number four. Can-dos are for decisions, not discussions. Again, discussion is necessary only because it leads to decisions. So the meeting leader must constantly drive the contributors to reach decisions. There's a word for this. It's called facilitation. And number five, of course, you saw this coming. All can-dos end on time or sooner. Now, after the meeting, three things need to happen. And this is key too, because meetings often just fall off the cliff, right? Number one, send a follow-up summary of decisions and actions with owners and deadlines within 24 hours. Now, I didn't say send a transcript. No one reads a transcript. No, I didn't say send a summary of items discussed. It's meaningless. It has to be a summary of decisions and actions with owners and timestamps. Who's doing what by when? Number two, invite feedback on the effectiveness and the efficiency of the meeting. Right? Continuous improvement. And number three, communicate the next action or the next meeting if it's applicable. So that's the formula. 15 non-negotiable things you have to do and you gotta do all of them. Now, if you're someone who ever plans meetings, have others listen to this podcast or at the very least, send them a written version of these 15 standards so they know what you're doing and why. Then start applying this can-do formula and watch your meetings 
evolve. I've seen it so many times with my clients. They will quickly gain a reputation among your peers as meetings that are guaranteed to be genuinely worthwhile. And soon, you'll find your meetings have the right people. They are well prepared and they stay on track and they result in real progress and people behave themselves during these meetings. No phone browsing or tuning out, no showing up late. Does that sound like something you want to be part of? But there's another side to all this insight, isn't there? You've probably been thinking about it. Avoid attending non-can-dos. If you attend a meeting with no agenda, no stated goal, no connection to a key process, you're wasting your own time. So don't complain. There are exceptions, of course. There could be a last-minute emergency meeting, for example, to address a safety or a quality issue or a last-minute urgent meeting to strategize a deal that's in jeopardy or to decide how to respond to an upset customer that just called. But from now on, in general, when someone invites you to a meeting, ask two questions. Ready? Here are the questions. Number one, is there an agenda? And number two, what would you like me to contribute? These two simple questions will cut to the chase and signal to you whether or not the meeting's worth your time. Meetings can do what we all want them to, folks. But instead of focusing on facilitating your meetings, start by designing them right in the first place. Thank you for listening. Once again, you can learn more about Brent's enterprise performance solutions at thefinimoregroup.com.